Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Royal College of Psychiatrists. This is the second podcast on the work of the Iraq Subcommittee of the Royal College of Psychiatrists. With you today is Yasser Hamid, and I'm the trainee member in the Iraq Subcommittee. And with me today is Dr. Peter Hughes, who is a co-opted member in the Iraq Subcommittee, uh, who is going to talk to us today about his latest visit to Iraq and the activities um, he has undertaken there. Welcome, Dr. Hughes, to this podcast. Thank you. Dr. Hughes, I would like uh, to start off by, um, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself, about your background in psychiatry, and how you came uh, to work with the Iraq Subcommittee. Um, I'm a general adult psychiatrist in London. Uh, I work in South London. And I have had an interest in international psychiatry for a number of years, starting with mainly African countries, and then through college work and belonging to some of the international committees here, uh, I had an opportunity to join the Iraq Subcommittee mm-hmm. and use my international experience uh, to be part of that committee. So I was very pleased to finally be able to actually do some work in Iraq this year, mm-hmm. where I'm just back from about two weeks ago. Right. That's very interesting. Thank you very much, Dr. Hughes. And Dr. Hughes, from your international experience, um, how you can compare Iraq to other developing countries that you have visited and worked with? It was a little bit hard to work it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the countries I go to in Africa are very clearly very poor and no services whatsoever, no psychiatrists. Whereas in Iraq, there's quite a number of psychiatrists. What I did sense, though, in Iraq was the the psychiatry system is probably a bit centralized still in the big towns and cities, and outside of there, there's probably a lack of psychiatric service. There isn't a primary care system in itself. Um, so it's a sort of an unusual place to kind of get a feel for because it's not as poor as some of the other countries I go to. Mm. It's certainly post-conflict, but where I was in Suleymaniyah, you would never get that sense because it was so peaceful, even even though down the road in Baghdad was the bloodiest week of the year Mm. when I was there recently. And Suleymaniyah is the northern city that uh, belongs to Kurdistan. Region. Yeah, Suleymaniyah is uh, to the northeast of Baghdad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not far from the Iranian border, mm-hmm. but it is in the Kurdistan region. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And Dr. Hughes, would you like to tell us more about the project you have uh, undertaken there? Um, well, the project was really led by WHO along with the Iraqi and Kurdish ministries of health uh, to scale up mental health provision for primary care. Mm -hmm. So for that to happen, they were using the MHGAP, or the Mental Health Gap Curriculum of WHO, which is a a manual for people in primary care to be able to deliver mental health following a manual and to deal with most mental illnesses and to know when to refer on when it's too complex or difficult. So we were training the trainers. So we we had 48 people roughly in our group who were psychiatrists, uh, psychologists, social workers, 
uh, some psychiatry trainees, and we trained them in how to teach this manual. And the aim of this would be that they would go on to teach a primary care group in how to use this manual, and then to be able to put it into action in a primary care setting in Iraq. We had people from all the districts of Iraq represented, uh, quite a few from Baghdad, Basra, other towns, and from the Kurdish area as well. Mm -hmm. So we had quite a nice group of wide variety of experience, and we used uh, the the MH gap very rigidly, and we used all various new teaching methods. Mm -hmm. So similar in a way to what I would do in other parts of the world for the same sort of programme. So the next stage now is really that programme being rolled out into primary care uh, throughout Iraq. And that's what I hope will happen. Okay, that's very interesting. And Dr. Hughes, I know that um, some experts in public health have said that the main solution really to the challenge of providing mental health services in Iraq is basically to strengthen the primary care um, aspect and, and you know facilitating the access of people to primary care physicians and not, not psychiatrists. So you treat primary care physicians to diagnose and treat mental health problems. Would you, would you, would you agree with this view? Absolutely, I would agree. Uh, although in Iraq, mm. there are probably more psychiatrists than in other poor countries in the world, like in Africa, for example. But in principle, unless you're in Baghdad or a big center, mm. you're not going to have access to psychiatrists. Mm. So you need to access your mental health through primary care. And I think that is absolutely uh, the way to go in Iraq. And of course, when we talk about Iraq uh, with the fragile security situation there, um, one thing that comes to mind is the, uh, the impact of trauma on Iraqis. Um, and and how the authorities and you know public health services are responding to this, you know during your visit, what are your observation about the really the extent of the problem of trauma in Iraq, uh, and and the response uh, to it? Well, at different levels, I know from talking over lunch to some of my colleagues from Baghdad, mm. where they would talk about. Uh, the bombs every day and the difficulties of living in Baghdad. Yet one person was telling me she wanted to rush back to go to her daughter's party mm-hmm. and get ready for her wedding. Mm-hmm. So life does go on in Iraq, and ba- even in Baghdad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly not an easy life for anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Suleymaniya, where I was, uh, it was very peaceful, so a much easier sort of uh, environment for people. But... Um, One of the opportunities we had with this time was to talk through the new stress module of WHO MHGAP curriculum. Mm. And that was quite interesting and to get feedback as well for for the WHO people on this. There is often an assumption that after conflict uh, that PTSD, for example, is at a very high rate. And I believe that while PTSD is definitely there, I think there's a risk that it is overdiagnosed. Mm. And what we talked about and emphasized in this training, which I hope will go on, uh, which will resonate with the people there, is that you can use principles of psychological first aid, mm. 
mm-hmm. rather than going straight into thinking about PTSD. So psychological first aid would be about avoiding making people relive their trauma. It's about m- practical support, finances, basic health, um, shelter, money, reuniting families, uh, problem solving, but not about re-traumatizing by going through the exact events that happened. That could happen at a further stage Mm. uh, for those people who have a verified diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. But what I think there was the risk was that critical incident debriefing is still happening, I think, Mm. and that can be harmful to people. So I think it was an opportunity for me to learn from people there who are living trauma every day and living uh, bombs and all sorts of dreadful things every day Mm -hmm. and yet to put it in some sort of perspective according to the evidence base. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of evidence now and international committees about how you deal with disasters and post-conflict and uh, I think the most interesting document to come out in recent times has been the psychological first aid document which is changes everything and it's quite a quite a very nice practical guide Uh, i wonder dr hughes how we can get more information uh, about um, this intervention you just mentioned the psychological uh, first aid well there it's probably available on the internet psychological first aid it was a document produced by um, WHO and World Vision Australia Mm. in the special interest group in volunteering and international psychiatry Mm. uh, it is available on that website and I'm sure it's available on other parts of the Royal College website thank you very much and Dr. Hughes, just another question about a different aspect of the mental health in Iraq. I know there is really very, very few services for child and adolescent um, uh, with children and adolescents with mental health problems in Iraq. Um, so what were your observations when you went there? Did you meet any child psychiatrists there in Iraq? I met some people working in child. Um, I think they were mainly psychologists. Mm-hmm. I, I Uh, maybe one was a child psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. There are some places for child psychiatry in uh, the the northern region, but overall, I think child psychiatry would come under generic services, and pe- adult psychiatrists would have to deal with child problems. Mm-hmm. From talking to people, they see hyperactive children, they see conduct disorder children, they see bedwetting, mm-hmm. um, they see. I've described seeing quite a bit of autism and intellectual disability. Mm. So there really is a problem, and I think for all... Uh, I think the challenge for, for primary care is to be able to provide the adequate psychosocial interventions. Mm. Uh, medicines like Ritalin are not readily available, if available at all, and certainly not in the primary care setting. Mm. So I think real challenge, especially for doctors, to try and address psychosocial needs of children and families. Mm. Um, I know that Iraq has had an influx of refugees from Syria in recent months, and that will be a huge challenge in dealing with childhood problems. And I, I, I really am not quite sure how, how that will get resolved. Mm-hmm. But certainly one of the focuses of the MH GAP curriculum is on child. So it's very important. Exactly. 
Thank you very much. And Dr. Hughes, last question really. When we talk about Iraq, um, people will, you know, kind of have the images of the, what they see on the news. Uh, and I would like just to ask you, how was your personal observation about the country, the people there during your visit? Well, when I came back and I told people that I was really sad to leave Iraq mm. and they couldn't mm. believe that I would say something like that. Mm. But where I was was the hospitality was wonderful. Uh, the people were so kind and generous of their time and efforts. Uh, it was a wonderful experience, a real privilege to be able to go there. And also humbling as well uh, to see how my colleagues survive day to day in places of great conflict mm -hmm. and just carry on with their lives mm -hmm. so it was a very moving experience as well mm. that's very fascinating thank you very much again dr hughes and um, i wish you all the best in your work um, whether in iraq or other developing countries um, from me Yasser hamid thank you very much for listening and i hope we will meet soon in another podcast from the royal college of psychiatrists thank you